Look, me seeks are not born into this world, fumbling for meaning, Jerry! We are created to serve a singular purpose for which we will go to any lengths to fulfill! Existence is pain to a me seeks, Jerry, and we will do anything to alleviate that pain! Go, what's that going on? Uh, fruit. Life. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... So tell me about this podcast you just did. Uh, the last one just had to kind of provide context for the one before it because it was a little dark. Mm. And I was like, yeah, uh, I think it's important to share that, when the, especially for men, you know. When they're having a hard time, I feel like it's it's important to, the very least, set the example. <laughs> for, well, yeah. Uh, other men, that it's it's okay to talk about your feelings, and in fact, you need to. Uh, you know, in in the right time. And, well, there's a, a big, I mean, arguably a big mental health crisis that's been going on with men over the last ten years. I mean, it's very. I think it's compounded by a lot of different reasons, but I guess the masculinity aspect is one of them. But I also feel like it's the toxic or the, the demonizing of certain types of masculinity or like all masculinity when not all masculinity is bad. So not to go off subject, but it was just, yeah, no, man. I, I mean, it's, you're right. It's something definitely that, yeah, no, I, I I know it all too well, so I can I can definitely relate. Excuse, excuse me, I apologize. No worries. Mm. Uh, that's why it's good to have art. You know, I channel yeah. a lot of that into art, and some of my best work has come out of you know situations like that. So mm. silver linings. No, it's a good sure. outlet, and it also produces you know fucking magic <laughs> well that's the thing yeah it's like i feel like i haven't found an outlet to use it's like yes you have i don't know i've never established like a hobby but it's like it's good to hear that you have one to be able to do that with you, you know what i mean too. like to channel your emotions and just the your your struggles so to speak like i think that that's one of the key things like, I know a lot of my friends dealt with depression through just working out a lot, and, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's very, I think, I think there needs to be more to, the more you're in isolation, the more it's, the harder it is, excuse me, so it's like, you know what I mean, though, so. And I, I double up the quarantine, when, when I feel this shit coming on I disconnect completely and I don't mm. engage with the world I don't answer the phone I don't answer texts or messages or anything I just I'm like I no with right. very few exceptions but then with people that I really care about sometimes they'll after a few days be like you know I hope you're okay or whatever and then I'm like I can't talk to you right now um, which concerns them even more, you know, and then right. we end up talking anyway and end up, um, 
usually snapping. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird space to be in. But I've been there many, 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 many times. Yeah. No, and I yeah, I get that. And honestly, I feel like the isolation of COVID. I know this is affecting me at least personally, but I feel like the isolation of COVID has kind of compounded that. Like, you know what I mean? Completely. It's just not, it's not natural for human beings to like be working behind screens and, and like, I'm someone who likes to be on my own in many respects. And it's like, you know, I've been happy to not like go out on weekends, but it definitely gets to the point where you're just like, it can just be too much and like i i was talking to my mom about this actually like covid and uh, you know after i said everything i said she was like covid damaged you i mean it, it like it damaged you and i i was telling her essentially like i have found it so difficult to get things done not just in work but in my personal life and just completing like simple tasks like cleaning up my desk like just you know what i mean like just yes. but that kind of I feel like that was driven by isolation, and that yes. that's like why isolation is not a healthy thing yes. from a it's, natural standpoint. It's psychological torture. Yes. It really is. And it's damaged the fuck out of me, out of my brain, and uh, my mind, if we want to separate the brain from the mind. They probably do have fucking brain damage. It certainly feels like it, but no, the, the isolation is, is, it really is fucking torture, and I like being alone, too. I like being being by myself, so I'm a lot more used to right. just hanging out by myself and, you know, playing video games or whatever, but I haven't even been able to do, to do that, like, when I've been this deep into isolation, I can't even work, you know, or do yeah. housework take care of the house and I just it's a spiral of fucking misery and that's been my life for like the last over a year so yeah probably about a year and a half now I've been living in extreme isolation only interacting very rarely with David my Mm. partner who works like 18 hours a day wow and then and then just like DoorDash people, delivery people. Uh, as far as actual real human interaction, I don't, you know, like social, no. No, that's been completely out of the question. Um, and obviously, any kind of sex is completely out of the question. And I already kind of was before, but now it's like extra, <laughs> extra nope. So, yeah, I've been I've been very very alone for a very long time and that makes people crazy. It will drive you insane. It really will. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like and not to bring this whole you know, subject into the conversation, but like I feel like after George Floyd's death, watching the country just descend into fucking madness and like so many of our institutions get infected by the woke ideology and just it just this new form of pure racism just 
emerging and it's like it not being challenged or like i shouldn't say that it, it not being like stopped when it's clearly wrong it's just like that's honestly like i don't know i don't know how it's affected you but like that's that's something that's like affected me it's like that whole thing it's like i feel like 2020 and 2021 were the per was the perfect storm of just pure shit just in a tornado just scouring through the land yeah it's the like, worst yeah. political chaos it probably since like the civil war well i would yeah, i would say more i would chaos. say yeah i mean i would say closer closer to the six late 60s i mean with like like 68 yeah. you had mlk die you had robert Kennedy die you had the the uh the Vietnam War in full swing. You had the country just divided. And it's like, it took years to honestly break out of this. And it's just like, that's the thing that's like, to me is so damning. It's like, this is going to get worse before it gets better. But like, years is to me just, it, yeah, I just don't know. It's very, like, I think about this a lot. I, you're, you're, let me just say one thing right now, Jenner, you are not alone. It is, like, this whole fucking thing is damning, and it's, it gets at you. It really, it just fucking gets at you, and you feel helpless about it. So I know... That's, that's why I'm sharing, that's why I'm admitting it, yeah. and being like, yeah, um, I, I even, you know, invoked art to help me tell that story. I describe, uh... I describe it as the wolf um, that shows up in the night that's terrifying with its teeth and its growling and whatever, but it's it's my wolf. It's there to protect me. Um, it's the thing that keeps me from, like, actually acting on, on those feelings when they happen. Um... He's a little wolf. He comes sit by my side, and he won't leave until he knows I'm okay. And he will attack anybody who tries to... I, I don't know. There's so many wrong things to do to somebody who's in that state of mind. Um, anything that's, like, paternalistic or patronizing or... Humans often have the wrong... You know, like... We need to get you some help and diagnosed and get you on pills. That's the last fucking thing that somebody on the edge wants to fucking hear. They just want somebody to fucking sit there with them and be like, yeah. you're not alone. That yeah. That's that's all you can and ever should do with somebody in that situation. But I have not much time. I have friends to discover and a great many things to understand. One only understands the things that one tames, said the fox. Men have no more time to understand anything. They buy things all ready-made at the shops. There is no shop anywhere where one can buy friendship, and so men have no friends anymore. If you want a friend, tame me. 
What must I do to tame you? Asked the little prince. You must be very patient, replied the fox. First, you will sit down at a little distance from me, like that, in the grass. I shall look at you out of the corner of my eye, and you will say nothing. Words are the source of misunderstandings. But you will sit a little closer to me every day. The next day, the little prince came back. It would have been better to come back at the same hour, said the fox. If, for example, you come at four o'clock in the afternoon, then at three o'clock I shall begin to be happy. I shall feel happier and happier as the hour advances. At four o'clock I shall already be worrying and jumping about. I shall show you how happy I am. But if you come at just any time, I shall never know what hour my heart is to be ready to greet you. One must observe the proper rites. What is a rite? Asked the little prince. Those two are actions too often neglected. Said the fox. They are what make one day different from other days. One hour from other hours. There is a ride, for example, among my hunters. Every Thursday, they dance with the village girls. So Thursday's a wonderful day for me. I can take a walk as far as the vineyards. But if the hunters dance at just any time, every day would be like every other day. And I should never have any vacation at all. So, the little prince tamed the fox. And when the hour of his departure drew near, Ah, said the fox, I shall cry. It is your own fault, said the little prince. I never wished you any sort of harm, but you wanted me to tame you. Yes, that is so, said the fox. Uh, but now you are going to cry, said the little prince. Yes, that is so, said the fox. Then it has done you no good at all. It has done me good, said the fox, because of the color of the wheat fields. And then he added, Go and look again at the roses. You will understand now that yours is unique in all the world. Then 
come back to say goodbye to me. And I will make you a present of a secret. The little prince went away to look again at the roses. You are not at all like my rose, he said. As yet, you are nothing. No one has tamed you, and you have tamed no one. You are like my fox when I first knew him. He was only a fox, like a hundred thousand other foxes. But I have made him my friend, and now he is unique all the world. And the roses were very much embarrassed. You are beautiful, but you are empty, he went on. One could not die for you. To be sure, an ordinary passerby would think that my rose looked just like you, the rose that belongs to me. But in herself alone, she is more important than all the hundreds of you other roses. Because it is she that I have watered. Because it is she that I have put under the glass globe. Because it is she that I have sheltered behind the screen. Because it is for her that I have killed the caterpillars, except the two or three that we saved to become butterflies. Because it is she that I have listened to when she grumbled, or boasted, or even sometimes when she said nothing. Because she is my rose. And he went back to meet the fox. Goodbye, he said. Goodbye, said the fox. And now, here is my secret. A very simple secret. It is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eye. What is essential is invisible to the eye, the little prince repeated, so that he would be sure to remember. It is the time you have wasted for your rose that makes your rose so important. It is the time I have wasted for my rose, said the little prince so that he would be sure to remember. Men have forgotten this truth, said the fox. But you must not forget it. You become responsible forever for what you have tamed. You are responsible for your rose. I am responsible for my rose. The little prince repeated, so that he would be sure to remember.
hairpin triggers. Um, you know, and you will attack and really hurt the people that you love most. And it's not, it doesn't feel intentional. It's not, it's not vindictive. It's not like a, what's the word? It's not like a deliberative thing. It's just something that explodes out, you know, and I think it's, you're right when we were talking about, you know, masculinity, because we have these, these cultural norms and expectations around this shit where men aren't supposed to talk about their feelings. So we're kind of put in this impossible place of like, even asking for help is out of the question for most men, I would imagine, who who have these kinds of feelings. I, asking for help is not even an option. You just kind of hope somebody will notice. Yeah. I'm like, dude, are you okay? And I'm like, no. Well, this Thank is... Thank you for noticing. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, like, this is... I think, think a, a lot about this. And I wonder, you say cultural, but I wonder how much of it is actually, like, biological. Like, how much we have actually evolved to our roles in society. Like, you know, I, I oftentimes tell people, like, as someone who's, who's bi, like, and seen, like, the differences in men and women, like, the true differences in men and women, it's like, you think about it, and guys want on average they more want sex and girls on average more want relationships and i've always wondered i think there's an honest biological need for that because guys will be fertile you know well well into their like 60s or 70s or whatever but girls have a biological clock they have to whatever kids they or whatever you know quote unquote seeds they get they have to nurture that seed and they have to make sure that you know, their kids grow up big and strong and they have a, a quote-unquote protector. And it's like, and I, I hate saying it like this because it just, it, it always comes off as like sexist. But like, I think to myself, with men, it's like the quote-unquote provider role. I think it, we evolved in a way to not have the luxury to be able to convey our pain in terms of like, we always had to like suck it up and just move on or frankly e even our tasks prevented that pain from becoming real mm. but i th i think there's like a cultural breakdown where i mean those those that role of being you know the quote-unquote provider has essentially gone away in many respects and for for better or worse and i i almost think for slightly better that that breakdown of that role has allowed men to focus more on their internal like more on their selves so to speak you know what i mean like i i mean people say oh yeah we're in a patriarchy oh we're you know we're we're living in a society of just uh, just straight white male privilege and blah 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 it's like no there there is a trade-off and a cost men pay to strive to work to towards being great it's like we sacrifice i mean and i say we but like over you know 
last several centuries and uh, it's like and men have by far had it much easier than women particularly men of different cultures but it's like men have made sacrifices just as much if that makes sense you know what i mean it's like men and there was like i think of the ideal family in the, in the 50s like right after world war ii in the united states it's like a father would be working his ass off to put food in the fucking table and the mother would be staying at home doing uh, just all all the housework and i i think that and taking care of the kids on top of that and it's like mm. i i think that the women arguably had it worse in a way because they they had less freedom but there was an expectation on men that if you didn't provide you weren't worth something right and so now that that's gone away i think it's given men the freedom to kind of like in a way you could argue like the the period we're in with men was like what women went through in the 60s and 70s of like the sexual sex revolution like the birth pill was one of the most revolutionary things ever and we kind of like it kind of liberated them from having to choose their they could choose their own path which was so important like women's liberation was so important but i think that also came with its own cost and i guess i'm saying all this because our fundamental roles in society or our quote-unquote standardized roles has the fact that those aren't needed in, anymore in many ways has cr i think in part contributed to a psychological reckoning of sorts you know what i mean it's like we no longer are obligated to anything so we don't have that automatic sense of meaning and this is the same thing with the woke it's like wokeism intersectionality and just the whole ideology it's a new religion it is filling a void that atheism created like when people left christianity people couldn't a lot of people couldn't find their own meaning and so what they did was they went to this ideology of of just intersectionality and like social critical social justice not liberal social justice but critical social justice and it's yeah just mm. don't, i don't want to pull too far away from yeah i don't want to pull too far away from i apologize for that we, yeah. we, no no never apologize for the for the tangents mindwave is all about those tangents it's it, good to recenter the 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 on the the provider role thing. And, and sure. I think you are right that I think that this is something that is, this is an evolved characteristic to be the one to go hunt the meat and bring it back to the campfire, to the cave or whatever, all the way up, you know, to going to war to defend the country. Right. You know, it's the same kind of thing. And, you know, in, in the feelings domain there. I mean, you can't be on a battlefield curled up in the fetal position <laughs> uh, being crushed by the weight of reality because you're just going to die. <laughs> but uh, on the provider part, I mean, men who feel like they can't provide, I think is, that's got to be one of the biggest 
things in men's mental health the the inability to to provide not just for like the family but even for yourself Themselves. yeah i can't, well, I can't exactly. even provide for my fucking self or my fucking dogs and that is one of the most depressing fucking things ever you know right and there is nowhere actually in in the work world um that i could change that my only choice really is to recognize the skills and talents that I have and hone those and get better at those and hope that that will be valued, <laughs> you know, have a market value someday so that I can provide for myself and my family. I'm a grown ass man who's, who's had somebody taking care of him for the past 15 years and not a parent, a, like a partner, you know, mm. I'm completely like I I can't even pay rent, you know. And how shameful is that? Shame is a really important part of the men's mental health thing. Men don't know how to handle shame. Well, yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's a dangerous feeling. Well, I think on top of that, it's not only did we not know how to handle shame we don't know how what to do with it and, and i right. think let me uh, i'm trying to think of the difference here it's like handling it is one thing in terms of okay i should feel shame for this i understand my position i'm not gonna freak out or react but working what do you do with, with, it, with it exactly yeah. like how what do you how do you get yourself out of the position you're in based on your shame? And that's something that I personally have like thought about a long ass time because it's something I've, I've struggled with for a long time. It's like, yeah, it's just, there's no answer to it. It's honestly, I think it comes down to a bit of nature and nurture. It's just like personal. I, I it really comes down I think to personal responsibility and accountability, mm. but I would I would reframe that as reflection, and you alluded to this a little bit earlier that kind of introspective nature of it. The first piece of it is reflection, is realizing that it that it's happening, working through that, and recognizing that that's what's happening, and being willing to say that out loud to somebody it doesn't need to be you know my uh tits to the cosmic wind move of just dumping my entire purse out all over a podcast and sharing that with the entire planet it doesn't need to be that but you know having somebody in your life is, right. is crucial i mean we just for survival needs we need each other we really, really do, as a species. It gets way, well beyond politics, well down the evolutionary chain. Through us, through all the ancestors, we're talking about, you know, things that hundreds of millions of years <laughs> went into forming uh, this shit. I do have to pee. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking oh, no, of, 
But, um... Yeah. Oh, no, I just took him out. God damn it. <laughs> You're all good, I, man. I had, uh... I had music queued up in the... In the doohickey. Uh... I'm gonna take. What, do you want to take a quick break and come back in five and keep running through, or just just you want give me like 45 seconds? <laughs> take your okay. time. Okay, hold on. Matt McCoffey, host of the Outrage Machine. The Outrage Machine is almost impossible to adapt into the new format because it has to be long form after I went and urinated and got a beverage Matt and I went for two hours solid um there's not really a way to take that audio into production but it doesn't need to because I know a lot of you guys um, who started supporting Mindwave at the beginning fell in love with the long form aspect so that's where I'm going to give it to you there's a brand new two hour long episode of the Outrage Machine starting right now only on Patreon this is the Outrage Machine in this series, we'll be unpacking some of the most difficult issues of our time. So much of our discourse has broken down. And been replaced by mob rule. Now I am actually angry, sir. I really do not interrupt me. I was not angry, and now I want your job to be taken from you. The abandonment of science and reason has led to unimaginable suffering. GMOs gotta go! to stop and conversation is the first step studio stargazer done